Shannon Kazin's Homemade Stories is proud to have the Lagunitas Brewing Company as a sponsor. A lot of people have been telling me that they're drinking Lagunitas a lot more after hearing me talk about Lagunitas all the time. Amani tagged me on Twitter. She said, not gonna lie, totally bought a at Lagunitas tall boy to go with my tacos tonight because at Shannon Kaysen does a good job talking about how good they are. I tweeted back, you already know my love for at Lagunitas, but I haven't shared my extreme love for taco emoji. Good combo. Lagunitas Brewing Company started in Tony McGee's kitchen in Northern California in 1993. And now they're pretty much available everywhere. And the beer definitely mixes with tacos well, Armani. Lagunitas, beer speaks, people mumble. Enjoy the show. My next show coming up is Stories Upstairs Open Mic at the River's Edge Art Gallery in Wyandotte, Michigan on February 28th. Come out, share some stories, enjoy some art. It's free and BYOB. And the theme is romance. And Homemade Stories is a labor of love. I'm always appreciative of all your support at ShannonCason.com. Become a friend of the show and I always show love for the friends of the show. Much love to you, Standalin. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to Homemade Stories number 103. I'm Shannon Kaysen. My mom left my dad with me and my sister. It happens. Adults break up. We would visit my dad on Saturdays. And my dad works on Saturdays, so we would work with my dad. I remember riding around Detroit, going to hair salons, selling products. At first, from my early memories, it was clothes, t-shirts, and sweatsuits. This was in the 80s and we'll be selling sweatshirts with a silk screen print of Mickey Mouse in a b-boy stance wearing Dapper Dan outfits. You have to be an 80s kid to know what I'm talking about. These kind of sweaters were in style at that time. Mr. Magoo in an Adidas jumpsuit. Some of y'all know. What up Jonathan in Baltimore? You know about that. We'll silk screen it in the basement, then go to all the salons and sell it. Create it at home and sell it at the salon. Homemade. Then my dad started a magazine that highlighted black hair in Detroit called Hair Designers. We would drive around Detroit selling ads in his book. He'd talk to the stylist curling hair and I'd carry his briefcase and write out the receipts. My dad thinks big. He coined the phrase Detroit, hair capital of the world. A few things I learned riding around Detroit watching my dad. You gotta make relationships with the people who spend money with you. So it's not just a one-time transaction. You have to do what you say you're gonna do. Especially in Detroit, it could have consequences. And there's money, self-sustaining money in the black community. I never saw my dad work a regular job, and it was impressionable on me, my sister, my brothers. None of us had regular jobs. I mean, my one brother, he's still in high school, but none of us have regular jobs. And I don't have anything against a job. 
But I do have a certain level of respect for people who have to go out, hunt their food, and kill it to eat. When I moved back to Detroit from Chicago at the end of 2014, I came home with some cred from storytelling and podcasting. I had done some solid work with The Moth, Snap Judgment, and WBZ. Well, WDT, the public radio station here in Detroit, reached out and asked if I wanted to be a storyteller for a series that was highlighting different communities in Detroit. They did Del Rey, a boxing program in Detroit, blues parties at John's Carpet House, and more stories. I'd get to work with a photographer, and we would go around the town collecting stories for a short feature that WDET would air. I asked a question that all creatives have to ask. Does it pay? (laughs) Because that's a very important question for hunters. And they said, it pays. And I said, I'd love to do a story about various communities in Detroit. The photographer I work with, his name is Justin Milhouse. I like Justin. He's a Detroit guy younger than me, but he's original. I like young people who aren't trying to be super cool all the time. And Justin is cool, but he's normal too. He works on projects all across the world, but he's relatable. And he become one of my favorite photographers. A real dude. Check out his work at jmillhouse.com. Millhouse is spelled with only one L. They asked me what community did I want to highlight. And my first thought was my dad. In the black hair community that we used to drive around Detroit selling sweatshirts with Snoopy. But instead of flying on a doghouse, he rode in a Rolls Royce with his girlfriend and then selling ads for his hair magazine, Hair Designer. I wanted to highlight the black hair community. So here's my piece with framed by WDT called Detroit, Hair Capital of the World. I hope you enjoy. I'm headed into Little Willie's Hair Salon on Grand River, and I'm feeling like a kid again. Some kids would go to the hair salon with their mom, However, I used to go to the hair salon with my dad. His name is Billy Badass Kaysen. He's bald like me, so he wasn't getting his hair did. He owns a magazine that highlights Detroit's creative hair industry. We would drive around the city selling ads for his hair designer magazine. In fact, he was the first person who started calling people who did hair designers. They was called beauticians or coiffures or, you know, them, them kind of names, hairstylists. But I came up with the word because designer was big then. Everything was designer. So I came up with the word. First, it was Detroit black hair designers. Then I started cutting it down until I got to the point that it was hair designers. And it's been hair designers for the last 30 years. Right now, I'm about the same age as my dad when I was following behind him in salons carrying his briefcase. I grabbed the handle to go into Little Willie's hair salon. But I'm stopped by a guy who was selling candy. What's going on, man? You you the, you the candy man? No, I, no, I'm a minister in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and sometimes I sell candy. That's what I'm Amen. talking about. <laughs> How you doing today? Doing good. Good. I'm talking to Richard Horn Jr., who tells me that he mentors kids at the Northwest Activity Center in Detroit, but he also sells candy. Uh, I, I was incarcerated for a period of time, 
And when I came home, I had a vision to open my own business. And I went to work for Target, and I got my first check. It was, I remember, it was $174. And the Lord told me, now, you, can, you got creativity in you. You go out and create a job. So I do vendoring, and uh, I sell food and stuff in the, in the beauty shops on the weekends. That's awesome, man. That's so, awesome. And you've been doing that for a while? I've been doing it for 10 years now. In Detroit, hair means money. Hair salons create opportunities for salon vendors like Richard. There's always a candy man, a high heel shoe lady, a CD DVD man, a 7-Up Pound Cake man, a healthy vegetarian food lady, <laughs> or some kids selling some candy bars. Little Willie, who's the creator of the Quick Weave and mentor to a long list of superstar hair designers, tells me that he started making money cutting hair when he was young. I was cutting anywhere from 20 to 30 heads per day. I was still in high school at the time, catching the bus at the high school to the barbershop to work. It's good money for, for, for a high schooler, wasn't it? Put it like this. I bought my own car at the age of 16, and back in 73, you didn't have no young drug dealers. That's money that I worked from cutting hair, and I saved and bought my first car. Hair in Detroit provided an avenue away from the automobile plants when those high-paying jobs became more lean in the 80s and 90s. It also shone a light on a detour away from the street life as well. I'm at Black Bottom Cuts on Shane, a distinctive white building between two old homes. This is the barber on duty, Rail. You know, it all really stemmed from my pop. He always worked for himself, so he thrived. You know, he put in his kids, you know, always try to get your own money, you know, no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. You don't never really want to work for the man your whole life if you don't have to. Once I left the streets alone and focused, I knew that cutting hair was the only thing, was something that I was really good at. And, you know, it could change my life, and it did. The creativity of Detroit's hair designers influenced styles throughout the world because of popular mediums like my dad's hair designer magazine and touring shows like Hump the Grinder's Hair War. The best way to describe hair wars is part fashion show, part art exhibit, and part carnival attraction. You gotta see it to believe what Detroit hair designers can create with hair. David Humphreys, AKA Hump the Grinder, took hair designers from Detroit around the world with his show Hair Wars. He gives some insight on why Detroit is the hair capital. As we started traveling, people was ooh and on about Detroit. Cause we the hair capital. And everybody said, well, how the hell y'all the hair capital? Okay, well, you got, you got some bad hairstyles in, in DC, Baltimore area. You got some bad ones in Philly. You go any city in America and say, name five people that are hair stars from Detroit. And they can probably name 10. So Detroit always had great representation. And no other city was that aggressive. That's why it's the head capital. Detroit has never been shy or scared to show off. And the styles from Detroit stretched the boundaries of what people could and probably should do with hair. Billy Kaysen, your dad, the one ad that I put in this magazine, I had start doing a hairstyle called the zipper French roll. Put it in the magazine and everybody was calling me for as Alaska, Hawaii. Is that a zipper? Do it zip up and down, do it work. And that's how I got that name, the zipper master, Lil Willie. And most important are the clients. I talked to Diane who was waiting for her favorite hair designer's chair and she told me how important it was for her to keep her hair done. I always keep my hair done, <laughs> always. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's my turn now. This is your turn? Yeah. All right, have a good one. Okay, Thank you, you too. As I was touring salons, I started to feel more like my dad. 
going from shop to shop throughout Detroit to do business. He's always been a man who never sits too long in one place. I sit around most of the day writing stories, so even now it's hard for me to keep up with him. I finally cornered the Detroit hair business legend in his man space in the house I grew up in and asked him, why is Detroit the hair capital of the world? Well, we did have better than they did anywhere else, and then people that the hair designers was more into it. It mean you know it meant something, so they they start calling Detroit the hair design capital of the world and stuff. So next time you see a beautiful work of art on someone's head in a glossy magazine or on the runways in Paris or just downtown, know that this is where it all started: Detroit, hair capital of the world. I'm Shannon Kaysen. This is WDET. Thank you for listening. Hair business is serious business. Big, big money involved. My older sister, Sonia, and my little brother, Malcolm, both work in the hair industry. I'm the only storyteller, so I had to play my part and cover a story on hair. You can see Justin Milhouse's photography that goes along with the piece at framedbywdet.org. Also, look and listen to the other pieces by storytellers and photographers. Sign up for the newsletter at frankbywdet.org because we're releasing a coffee table photo book for the project very soon. Also, Google or YouTube Hair Wars. Some very interesting stuff on Detroit hair. And that's it. Thanks to the Friends of Homemade Stories, WDT, Justin Milhouse, Lagunitas Brewing Company, and the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. And most of all, my dad, Detroit, hair capital of the world. Peace. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's homemade.